0: This is a young man, he's not that young now, but Jim was the person some years ago, sat right here, and he prayed, he asked for prayer. I know he remembers this, some of you remember this. Had it been three years, five years? You hadn't seen your son at that point? Was it, it Had it been five, five years. On the day, Sunday, that Jim sat here, he asked for prayer for his son. Had not seen his son in five years, had not heard from his son. Put him on the prayer list. That night his son contacted him. Or the next morning. That night because he called my dad and said and was shaken. I can't believe my son just made contact with me. The same night. Five years had not heard from his son. No contact. Want you all to pray for my son. That night his son contacted him. Can't tell me that prayer does not work. While I'm not preaching on Pentecost, today is... Pentecost. Whenever Easter is, 50 days from that date is Pentecost. Sister Michelle, I believe, probably did a teaching today on Shavuot. Okay, on Pentecost. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Bishop, I'm going to ask you to pray for me as I preach the word. Would you pray for the message for me today
1: as I preach?
0: Our dear Heavenly
1: Father, in the mighty name. Of your son Jesus Christ. We want to say thank you today. Even as we are gathered here, you said the minimum, the quorum, is where two or three are gathered. And you are there in their midst. Lord, we just acknowledge that you are here to use your servant, bring forth the word in power. And Lord, we thank you that no weapon of the enemy. Because the devil knows that wherever we receive the word, we are being armed.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: The ability for the devil to snatch the word from our hearts, we destroy it, we disconnect it. Let your word have way. Welcome, Holy Spirit. And Father, we release your presence over, your, uh, over the man of God and over, our, over the fellowship today. We bless your name. In Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Turning your Bibles with me to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 7. Ecclesiastes 7, 1 through 12. And I will be reading one other verse, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1. But Ecclesiastes 7, 1 through 12. This is how it reads in Ecclesiastes chapter 7. If you don't have your Bible, you can follow along with me on the board. I'll be reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version. A good name is better than precious ointment. The day of death than the day of birth. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to the to the house of feasting. For this is the end of all mankind. And the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of faith the heart is made glad. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better for a man to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the song of fools. For as the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fools. This also is vanity. Surely oppression drives the wise into madness, and a bribe corrupts the heart. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Verse 9, be not quick in your spirit to become angry. For anger lodges in the heart of fools. Say not, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Wisdom is good with an inheritance, an advantage to those who see the sun. For the protection of wisdom is like the protection of money. And the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of him who has it. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1. I'll just read it from the board. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. You may have seen the title on the board as you came up, if you were watching or looking as you entered the parking lot. The title is, of this message is, The Wise Plan for Death, While the Foolish Plan to Party. The Wise Plan for Death, While the Foolish Plan to Party. For those who have not been following us in the series of Ecclesiastes, you would think that Solomon is a very depressed man As he writes this book. But Solomon said that I'm going to search out wisdom. I'm going to search out understanding. Why are things as they are? Why do things take place? In chapter 1 verse 2, 3 around there. Solomon's heart said that I am going to study and try to understand wisdom. And he went through this list of things. And as you go through There are certain phrases that constantly come up, vanity, all is vanity, and under the sun. But when you get to chapter 7, he tends to turn a corner, began to focus on some different areas. Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. God blessed him with wisdom because he prayed for wisdom when God asked him, tell me what do you want And rather than praying for riches and praying for a long life, God said, it has pleased me, Solomon, that you have asked for wisdom. Not only am I going to give you a wise mind, I'm going to even bless you with that which you have not even asked. wealth as well as a long life. But Solomon, I want you to be sure to follow me. Follow my decrees. Follow my ways. You see, when Solomon is looking at life, he's looking for understanding. What is the meaning of life? What's the understanding? If you miss Solomon's ultimate point, you'll miss the message of Solomon. And as I said before, his ultimate point is that you are to enjoy life and understand that God is the one that gives life. You must fear God. That is the crux of his ultimate message. After he has surveyed everything, he had tasted of everything his life, he came to recognize and say that the real purpose and meaning is to fear God and serve him. When we plan, and planning can be a very good thing, many people do not consider how they are going to be remembered when they leave this world. They don't oftentimes give Heed or warning to, how am I going to depart this life? One day God is going to call back to himself the breath that he has given. The breath that's in your body is not yours. It's God's. He made you. He formed you. He created you in his image. He gave you purpose. He gave you life. He gave you the privilege of being able to worship him. Do you not know that you weren't made to just do your own thing? <laughs> you were made for a purpose. And that purpose was to bring and is to bring honor and glory to God. We are leaving here. And even though you are leaving, you can leave a legacy by leaving a good name for yourself. You're going to be remembered. But how are you going to be remembered? At your funeral, are you hoping for People to say good things about you. There was a person that lived a ruckus life, a horrible, lived all types of ways. He was just mean. Told the preacher, I want you to say good things about about me at my funeral. I want you to preach my funeral. I want you to tell people how good I've been person also had a brother people knew how he lived so this man passed away he died and the preacher got up and said all the things that he did wrong how he lived his life all the things people were gasped and at the end he said but compared to his brother he was a good man How are you going to be remembered? What does your name say about you? God has an awesome name. He has many names. Jehovah, God, Christ, the Lord, Adonai. He is the great one, the mighty God, the prince of peace, the savior, the Lord of all, the mighty one, the majestic one. Holy is our God. His name is holy. When we think about God, a smile should come over our face. When we think about Christ, all oh, we should think about what he did for us on the cross, how he paid the price for our sins. And so when we think about him, we should ponder and a smile should come upon our face because of what he's done. What's going to be said about you? When people smile or will, they frown. Will they think of, that's a good person. Or will they think, how lazy, foolish, how mean, how angry, how intolerable. Or will they have good things to say. You are writing your obituary right now. You're writing it. You're writing your obituary. What does it say? When people have not met you before. But they say, I've heard about you. Is it good? Or do you kind of shake and say, what have you heard? What's the first thing that comes to people's mind when your name is called? You need to ponder this. Solomon and his writing says that a good name is better than precious ointment. The day of death better than back on. The day of death than the day of birth. I'm going to be, just deal with one point. I'm Not going to be before you long. What what is the best way to learn? What's the best way to learn. Learning should always take place in our lives. We should never get too old where we cannot learn. You can learn lessons many, many different ways. Some people refuse to learn the lessons that are taught to them by people. They they are forced to learn lessons by the painful things that they go through. How do you learn? Solomon, in his writing? His name, the teacher, Kohelis, the the teacher, the preacher, says the day of death is better than the day of birth. What what, what is he saying? What what is he talking What do you mean the day uh, of death? When you get to the end of your life, as he's been looking at this, he says, all go to the same place. What's the legacy that you left? What did that dash say about you? You're speaking volumes right now. And God has put something in you that he's coming back for. He's made an investment in you. And at the end of your life, he's calling it back. Will he say, servant, well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Have you been faithful? You see, one of the wonderful wonderful things about God is that he can take you right where you are and wipe everything away from the past. Wouldn't it be wonderful to start a new slate? I tell you, every time I got into trouble, I wanted to start from that day and say, I will never do it again. Parents, I will never do it again. Just don't get me. Everything that I've done before, I'm sorry. Let's start right here, fresh and new. I don't have to get any punishment. Let's just start from this day forward. You agree? That didn't always happen with me. But the Lord will start right where you are and says, I'm wiping the slate clean. We can start right here. You don't have to go back and say, oh, I got to good with this right, Lord. Now, it might mean for some of us that we might have to make some apologies to people once the Lord did, has done the work on the inside. Because when the Lord cleans you up, he does the work to bring you to himself. And then he began to say, you know, you're going to have to go back and make things right for, with such and such a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the Lord will do as you as you begin to and you and you move forward in life. There are some things you might need to clean up as you began to head out of here. You see, one of the wonderful things I love about Solomon is that he was he was not scared to call things as they were. He said the word death. Today we are very scared to use the word die. We're leaving here. It's fine to say pass away at times. To move on, to travel. No, yeah, that can be fine. But but this preacher here is saying that we're going to the grave. But I am amazed that Solomon didn't stop there. He seemed to have in mind that while he may not completely have understood it, there was something beyond. How do you learn? He says that one's death is better than one's birth. Now, what's, is he really comparing life and death? No. It would appear that he is. But what is he saying? Let's look at this briefly. A good name is better than precious ointment. Do you not know a good name really is better than precious ointment? And what he says that, and the day of death better than life than birth. What Solomon seems to be pressing here is that just like a long life, can be a, a sweet-smelling savor if you live to the glory and the honor of God. It can be just like precious ointment. The fact that one's birth, some, oftentimes it's, it is reckoned and it is said, oh, I've had a baby and there is great rejoicing. But the end of that person's life may not always end in pleasantries. One once goes through and one has lived for God, one can look back and say, oh, that person's life was sweet. They love God. And so what he seems to be doing them is comparing how one has lived to death as when they had to be born, and it was just like a fragrance. Have you ever met people that got saved, and you said, I can't believe they got saved. <laughs> I, 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 I see that person. I remember when they were just like this. Something is different about that person. Something has changed in their life. That's what God does. He changes us. He says in verse 2, it is better to go to the house of mourning, to the house, than to the house of feasting. Why is that? We've been talking about it earlier that w- when God gives us things, we are to enjoy life. We are to enjoy the good things that God has blessed us with. We are to enjoy them recognizing that it is God who gives us the ability to enjoy them. You, you, you don't, you didn't make things yourself. God did it. And so what is he saying? the House of mourning. Because it is often in our pains and struggles that we really learn the true value and things of life. You don't learn your lessons at parties oftentimes. But you learn the difficulties. You ponder things when you go through difficulties. It is often in sorrow and pain where lessons are learned. Hard lessons are learned by what you go through. Huh. The preacher says a house of mourning is better to go than the house of feasting. Because sadness is where lessons are learned. Some of us are often so busy trying to, trying to avoid the things of life that's going to bring us discomfort. You need to stop and just go on through because that's where you're going to get your victory. I tell you this. Most people don't enjoy the things that they don't pay for. That's quiet, quiet, quiet on me. Got quiet, got quiet. Most people don't enjoy the things that they don't pay for. What do I mean by that? What you put your, your investment in, you're going to be more careful to take care of it. Let's say that you're giving kind of this car kind of beat up, you get out and open the door, hits the brick. Oh, oh, man. But you go out and buy a $30,000 car. Hey, 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 slow down, coming through here. I just got this, hey. Mm-mm, slow down, slow down. Oh, my, no, no, let me get that door for you. Hold on, hold on, I'll get the door. Something you invest in, you're going to be more careful to take care of it. When we go through experiences in life, when we go through trials, we have a greater appreciation for other people of what they're going through. And we appreciate more the glorious God that we serve. God, only you could have brought me through this. Only you could do it. And so when we go through things in sadness, we oftentimes have a greater appreciation. And oftentimes it's at the end of one's life that there are those pearls of wisdom that one listens for. And one tries to get because one knows that that person has gone through something and they have something to say. It is through sadness and mourning that he says that lessons can really be learned. The sorrow of things. Sorrow, verse 3, is better than laughter. For by sadness, a face, the heart is made glad. When we think about things that we go through and the joy that can come as a result, we rarely glory in the trials, but once we get through them, we oftentimes say, thank God for his goodness. And you oftentimes will even say, you know, God, I wouldn't have changed anything, even though while going through it, you were trying to get out of it. But at the end, you can say, I see what the Lord was doing. I wouldn't change anything. God has a plan for all of your life. Every plan, every one of our lives, he has a plan for. You must be sure that you're in his plan. It says, the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. The heart of fools is in the heart or is in the house of mirth partying. You see, a fool will tell you there's nothing to plan for. They receive bad news and they say, you might as well go on and live it up. Go out and enjoy. If you got bad news you're not going to live past three months. You might as well go out and just have a blast. That's what the fool will tell you. Go out with the bang. But the wise person will ponder his ways. Wait a minute. God's given me life. I'm going to have to meet him. I don't know if I'm quite ready. I haven't been in church. Can someone call the preacher for me? I I think I want to talk to the the preacher. I think I need to talk to someone who has a connection with the Lord. Be careful listening to foolish people who try to tell you there's nothing worth living for when you know that one day you're going to have to meet your maker. It is in the house of the morning. It is in the house of the person with wisdom who will tell you, you need to consider your ways. It is better for a man to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the songs of fools. Let me say this to you. The wise person will oftentimes learn When they're corrected, it's the fool who will tell you, I don't have to listen to anybody. I can do what I want to do. I can go my own way. I don't have to answer to anyone. But a wise person will oftentimes listen when they are rebuked. You need to consider your ways. Why is that important? Because it can often keep us from unseen dangers. It can keep us out of places and areas where danger is lurking. When my, t- my dad was a child, he told you all this. He was told to not get up on that machine, a thresher. Told to come right home after school, but he got up on this thresher. On, and, and he was told, now, you come home. He decided, well, he can go there and, and he can get home without anybody knowing. And as this thresher was going, it hit a bump, and he rode, and the thresher came down the hill and would have crushed him and stopped right by his leg, right next to him. The first thing that he remembered was his his aunt saying, come right home. Don't go anyplace else. He didn't get up and walk home. He got up and ran (laughs) home. That lesson helped him to remember and to learn and to understand that he had to listen and needed to listen to that which was told to him. It is a wise person who will listen when rebuked or corrected. Be careful of listening to a person who tells you, oh, don't listen to him. He's just a preacher. He's just a missionary. He's just a praying man. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to her. She doesn't know what she's talking about. They say they're hearing from the Lord. They just read that Bible. Don't listen to them. Lo and behold, be careful, because the wise will listen and hear those words when they are rebuked or comes from the word of the Almighty God. (laughs) The wise give you correction and will tell you things that you need to consider. It is the wise who plan for death and learns the lessons very, very well. I'm going to skip seven and, and, and keep going because seven is one of those areas, one of those verses that many of the scholars have a hard time saying. This is a verse that we just don't understand. <laughs> this is one to where it's, it's hard to, to get. But but I will just say this. In one of the translations, it talks about oppression that takes away the ability of the wise to be heard. But it's one of those things I, I can't take the time to delve into deeply just because of of our time. In verse number eight. It says, better is the end of a thing than its beginning, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Let me say this. How many of you have ever been offered a a bribe? How many of you have been offered a bribe? Anybody been offered a bribe? Go back to verse 7. A bribe corrupts the heart. We've dealt with that before. How many of you been ever offered a bribe? How, how many of you taken a bribe? I have before when I was younger. Just just take, just say that this happened. Be be careful in taking a bribe. A bribe corrupts. I, I will say this as we move on. If you compromise your character for a bribe, be careful because you will have to co- t- continue to remember what it was what was told to you and it's going to have to stretch further because you're going to more than likely be asked about it don't take a bribe from anybody to tell you to do something wrong and I'll cover you uh uh-uh, uh 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 uh-uh. you see one of the things that we need to understand is one of the things that is so difficult is standing for that which is right even when it's most difficult standing and doing right even when everyone else is doing wrong. When everybody's saying, look at him, because you're standing on the word of God. Remember this. Oftentimes down the road, you'll still be standing and you'll be looking to see where are all the people that I used to see. They won't be there. But oftentimes, you will be. Be careful taking a bribe. Verse number eight Better the end of a thing than its beginning. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Patience is learned by what you go through. I would love to pray for patience and have God zap me with patience. Rather than have to go through some of the things to get it. You get patience by what you go through. God is in the habit and business of taking his time. And he makes you go through things in order to gain patience. Patience does not come about by saying, oh, God, just give me patience, and there it is. You're going to go through some things. I don't know why there's been some things I had to go through. Fourteen years later, fifteen years later, and I finally saw, oh, God, that's the reason why patience the Lord was teaching. Why? Because I wasn't ready for certain things earlier. There are some things that we're asking God for. God, if you do it, and it would kill us tomorrow. The Lord has to prepare areas in your life, has to arrange different things, things that you don't even know. You say, God, I want it now, I want it now. God said, It's not ready yet. And you're not ready yet. You haven't developed the character. I'm still working on you. You need patience. Then God sometimes will say, Here, have it. He'll say, oh, God, take it away. Don't want it. Why? Because you're not prepared patience solomon is a man that understood a lot but he could not fathom or understand why certain things happened why do we all have to go one day to death why do we have to go through this the wise the foolish why does it have to end there what's the advantage when one understands that our lives are for the glory of the Almighty God, we can really come to understand that while we live, even though we're heading out of here, is for the glory of God. And one day the Lord is going to reward you for the things that you've done on this earth. You see, there are certain things that Solomon may not have understood. But God was doing a work in him, and God is doing a work in you. Don't ever think that when you do right, it is not noticed. Never think that doing right is not being noticed by God and by other people. Your name is being noticed. Verse number 9. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the hearts of fools. There's been some people that have been angry before that's lost their lives because they've taken a course and a step that caused them to do something that if they had stopped and considered, they wouldn't have done that. Solomon is talking about not so much out anger that's expressed on the outside, but anger that kind of sees and kind of sits there in the spirit, in your, in your mind, that which you kind of just harbor and hold on to. Be careful of holding on to anger for years, decades. Not only will it affect your life and can shorten it, but it can also call you to do something that you will regret and can regret. I was going to do something one day. I got so mad that I don't know if I'd be here today and on my way home to get my instrument had a pause in my spirit that I know I better hold off. I was upset. Angry. The young kid and I knew just where it was. Going to take care of this myself. I was mad. disrespecting me that way. Show that person. I'm so glad today that I didn't take that course. Why? Because it would not have ended good. (laughs) You see, there are times when we do things in life where anger is sitting there. And today, some of you have some anger that you have not released. It needs to be given to God. Today, some of you can't sleep because you're holding someone. You need to let it Go and allow the Lord to handle your affairs. You are the apple of God's eye if you belong to Him, and He's the one that will fight your battles. The anger that's there should prompt you to do that which is right, not that which is wrong. Solomon says, Don't, 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 don't let anger sit there, don't, don't let it reside there. Take that. Uh, uh, uh. I've, I've heard some people say, uh-uh, "Don't, don't, don't, don't go there. Don't allow anger." And then I'm going to end here just for today. Say not, "Why were the former days better than these?" For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Have you ever th- thought? And I say, "Boy, I wish, I wish I can go back to the old." Solomon says that's not from wisdom. and why. There's always been problems in life. Oh, there's good experience and good things that's happened I sometimes long for. But there's always been things that's happened. Never think that you were born out of place. God knew you were coming here. Never think you were an accident and that you just wish your life was over. No, we're leaving one day, but you don't have to wish that soon. You don't have to wish too soon. God has a plan for you. And and what I would like to say in conclusion is this. We are all moving towards eternity. We are all leaving this place. And and Solomon says "It, it is better to take that which is wise. It is better to go to a place where one can really Learn and and meditate on that. And and when he talks about the house of mourning and talks about these things, he is saying, You need to be able to learn from the experiences that you go through. God did not make you to navigate this world by yourself, He made you to live with Him and for His purpose. He made you to live. In this place, at this time, for his glory as you move towards eternity. That's God's plan for you, is to honor him in how you live. I will say this. While some people love to party, and I can see people even today will come out of a funeral, light up some reefer, some weed, and get their drink. And pour out a libation to their friend and take a puff for such a... What in the world are you talking about? This is how they lived. That's exactly how they lived. That's why you need to change. When do people learn that, oh, I've got to go this way one day? Lord, let me do that which is right and give you a chance to do something in my life. Help me now today and thank you that you are a forgiving, merciful God, that I don't have to go back right now and say, oh, Lord, it's been 40 years, and now will you help? No, God, forgive me from my sins. Cleanse me right now. Make me right with you. And all one has to say, God, I'm sorry. I accept you as my Savior. That's that's it. You don't have to go bow four, five, six, seven times, this direction, that direction, turn around four times. No. God, I'm sorry. That's it. Forgive me. I'm yours. Bow your heads, please. Are you planning to leave this world? Are you taking in the counsel of those that are wise around you? That's giving you God's word. That's trying to help you to do what's right. Or are you one that just rejects all counsel and do it, and you do it your way? I encourage you today to say, today, Lord, I'm doing it differently. Forgetting those things that are behind, I'm pressing towards the goal. Forgetting those things that have been snares to me, I'm pressing, Lord, towards the goal. That can be your prayer today. That can be your hope. Lord, in this place, we are praying that people will begin to take another look of the things that they go through, the trials, the difficulties, the sadness, and the outcome and the outlook will be different. They'll begin to say, how can I learn from this? How, how can this help me to prepare To leave this place to meet my maker. We pray today that there won't be just a house of partying. But there will be the heart and the mindset of writing one's obituary right now as we live. We bless your name today for who you are. We thank you that you take us and clean us up. You don't hold all those things against us. That we've done, but you bring us to yourself, and you love us beyond measure. The fact that you call us unto yourself is indeed a miracle. We bless your name. We honor you today, and we glorify you. We pray today as we leave this place. Oh, may we know that we can do the will of God, because the Lord dwells within us. You, God, dwell in us. To move and to do your will. We're giving him all the glory. We're giving him all the praise. Now protect us today. Bless Bishop as he goes to Sacramento and the various places and then back home to Uganda. Bless him. Oh, to have success beyond measure. You already have it because he's doing your will. We pray that the results will be explosive. Give you all the glory. Those that are going through various medical procedures, keep them safe and bless them and help them. Those that have given, been given only a short time to live because of cancer or various things, oh, may inventory be taken. We give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. God bless you. God bless you.